Hello, welcome to 21st Century Moses podcast. My name is Sammy Zhu, your host. We're living in a time of war. I mean, it has been uh, that way so many years, but still we have lots of wars, even 2023, 2024, Hamas, Israel, Ukraine, Russia, and uh, all kinds of wars in Africa, Asia, South America, everywhere. And even personal wars as well, like terrorism and vandalism and uh, break-in and all those type of disruptions happening in all around the world. So the problem is this, whoever the winner is, both parties will suffer anyways. Casualties will never will never end. And then even if we win, we'll have some things that we're going to lose. But what about the uh, end time war? Is there going to be any winner? And if there is a winner, is, is it going to be ultimate winner that there's no loss or the, there, there's no um, the suffering or the pain? Now, the Bible clearly says Jesus is the ultimate victor. He is he is the ultimate winner because he conquered the death. He suffered the death and he died, died uh, the death of sinner because he uh, took our sins and he, he died in our place. And But he victoriously rose from the dead, um, conquering all the powers of sin and death. So what a wonderful message that we have that Jesus already won the victory. So we don't have to worry about losing the war. However, we still uh, live in this very, very difficult time of wars. So we want to know uh, who the real winner is and how we can be, how we can be the winner as well. So as we delve into the navigating navigating future series, uh, going through the book of Revelation, I want us to look at Revelation chapter seventeen to know uh, what it means to become the winner, how we can become the winner. So let's look at today's passage together. It says, the beast which was and is not himself is himself also an eighth and is one of the seven. And he goes to destruction. The ten horns which you say, which you saw, are ten kings who have not yet received the kingdom. But they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. These have one purpose, and they give their power and authority to the beast. These will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, because He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with Him are the called and chosen and faithful. There are two things I want to draw from this passage. First, first one is, who is the enemy? We need to identify the enemy so that we can fight the right enemy so that we can become winner. Okay, the second one is, who is the winner? So who is the enemy? Who is the winner? So let's look at today's passage together. So the first one is this, the, win- uh, the enemy is the beast. Now, in chapter 13, we already learned who these beasts were. There are two beasts. The first one is Antichrist, and the second one is a false prophet. But the beast, which was and is not. Hmm, this is pretty interesting because it says, which was and is not. Now, this reminds me of Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. It talks about God who is eternal. It says, God who was, who is, and who is to come. So it, he is the one who transcends time because he is eternal God. But here we see the beast who was and is not. It, sound, it looks like the beast is mimicking God, but he is not. The beast is not perfect because he is not, right? As we see here, 
Okay, and then we see that uh, this deception or counterfeit God, the characteristics of the uh, counterfeit God, that he, uh, the beast, is trying to become like God, pretend to become like God, but he is not. It's like uh, the six six six, the number of imperfection. Um, but uh, it's it has a really amazing, a uh, powerful power. Uh, but uh, that's the uh, our enemy that we can see from this passage here, and also. It says also an eighth and is one of the seven and he goes to destruction. So we can see that the ultimate, the destination of this beast is the destruction. But he is our enemy. Also, this chapter, chapter 17, talks about harlot. Of course, that's not a, a literal harlot, but the harlot is really the Babylon, the kingdom of Babylon. The kingdom of Babylon is the representation of the world, the powerful world. But the world, uh, which is committing adultery and idolatry, worshiping idols before God. So they are doing the abomination before God. But also, and this same chapter, verse 4, talks about harlot decorating herself with the precious stones. And that reminds me of of the priest. Priest had a special precious stones in on their robe. So the harlot is, even though uh, this Babylon is trying to become, uh, uh, try to look like holy, like a holy priest, however, inside is a full of evil. Just like the Pharisees, outside is a whitewashed womb. That uh, tomb lets uh, the outside looks good. Outside is white and pure, but inside is full of evil. So we can see from this, uh, the beast and the Babylon, they are mimicking priests. They are mimicking God, but they are counterfeit priests. They are counterfeit God. They are not truly God. They are not truly priests, but they are deceptional. They are deceptive. That They are trying to deceive people. The problem is, the followers of the beast are also our enemies because the followers of the beast, they are not written in the book of life as we see in this chapter. Uh, that means they are not saved. Uh, but these people are bowing down to the beast, bowing down to Satan, and they are joining uh, their forces of darkness and evil. So they become, they become our enemies. So let's go back to our passage together again. It goes on and says in verse 12, the ten horns which you saw are ten kings. So these are the worldly powers, ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom but they receive authority, the power, as kings with the beast for one hour. So they will ultimately receive the power, authority. However, their, their ruling is not going to be forever. It's, it says it's only about one hour. Well, it's not a literally one hour, but it really shows the short, temporary, temporary nature of their rulership. Okay? And then... In verse 13, it goes on to say, these have one purpose. Wow, they have a unified purpose, okay? And they give their power and authority to the beast. And they will, they will wage war against the lamb. 
the name of God, which is Jesus Christ. So we can see clearly here that these ten kings give the power to the beast, and then they're going to rise up together in one purpose. It looks like a Tower of Babel, okay? They have a unified purpose, okay? So it looks like a world peace. Now, if you just stop there, you might think like, well, this is going really good. So finally, the world would become one uh, place and one heart, one purpose. Uh, there will be no more fight. There will be no more wars in between. So it looks like a world peace. However, it's actually not a true peace. Again, this is a counterfeit peace because they are fighting against the true God, our Lord and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So that is even the bigger problem. So just because it looks peaceful doesn't mean that it's a real peace. So we have to be very careful that whenever we watch news, if the world is trying to become unified, well, it's, it looks very good, but we need to look at the motivation. Why, why are they going to why are they trying to be unified? Is it because of uh, Lord Jesus Christ or is it because of against the Lord Jesus Christ? Most likely it will be against Jesus Christ as we see from today's passage. So this world powers trying to be unified to, be, uh, to follow the beast and to join forces together against Christ Jesus. So this is the enemy the Bible is talking about. Now, now we're going to look at the good news that who is the winner. So let's go back to today's passage again. Verse 14, it says, 14, these will wage, against, wage war against the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, and the Lamb will overcome them. Period. So the answer is very clear. Who is the winner? Jesus is the winner. The Lamb of God is the winner. Why? Because it says, He is the Lord of lords and King of kings. Amen. Whoever comes against Jesus Christ, no matter how many kings come against Jesus with unified force, doesn't matter because Jesus is the king of kings. So we already look at the uh, 10 kings. Okay, these 10 kings are under the power and authority and sovereignty of Jesus Christ because Jesus is the ultimate king and Jesus is the ultimate Lord. So nothing can come against Christ Jesus. Nothing can overcome him. Only Christ can overcome all of them as we saw in today's passage. So the ultimate game, ultimate winner is Christ Jesus. He is the winner. So we already we uh, touched on who the enemy is, but also most importantly, who the winner is. Jesus Christ is the winner. But if you look at today's passage very carefully, it's not just Jesus alone who is the winner. Because it says, and, okay, the, these, those who are with Jesus are the called chosen and faithful hmm who are these these are the people these are christians these are the believers because it says who are with him who are with him the people of god people of jesus disciples of christ jesus who are with jesus these are the winners and it shows the three characteristics first of all they are called second they are chosen Third, they are faithful people. So who are, what are these characteristics? First of all, they're called out of this sinful world. 
Okay, so they are called out from the darkness. So they are walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the true light, and they are not defiling themselves with the filthiness and adultery and idolatry, but they are walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's that's the purpose of being called out from the world, and also they are chosen. They're chosen people, just like we see in the First uh, Peter, First uh, Peter chapter two, verse nine. They are chosen race. They are people of God. They used to be the sinners because it's just like anybody else, because we're all born with our sins. But they are born again. They become the new people. They become the children of God, as in John chapter 1, verse 12, so that they become a new people. They are chosen people of God, not just the Jewish people of Israel, but everyone who accepted Jesus Christ, who everyone who is the child of God, they are chosen people. They are chosen uh, by God. And also, not just that, they are faithful people. They are persevering with their faith faith. They follow Jesus until the end. They endure until the end. So we can see this called, chosen, faithful people. They are the disciples of Christ Jesus. They, they live a holy life as the called, uh, called because they are called out from uh, the darkness and filthiness and they are chosen people of God. So they choose to follow Christ Jesus and they choose to live holy life and they choose to um, believe in Christ Jesus and they choose to persevere and persevere with their faith. So they are faithful people. So these are the very main characteristics of those who are winners. So Jesus is the ultimate winner, and those who are called, those who are chosen, those who are faithful unto the Lord are the winners as well. However, here is a very, very important truth that you and I need to know. It looks like a, you know, great characteristics of the people of God that we are the ones who would choose, who chose to believe in Jesus. We're the ones who chose to be faithful, and we're the ones who are who chose to be holy. Yes, it is true. But before we choose to be and do any of them. We need to know that God chose us first. Because Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, because, I mean, today's passage, it says chosen. This is a passive, called. It's, this is a passive tense, meaning that it is not really from us, but it is by God's grace. God is the one who called us. God is the one who chose us. Because Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, God predestined us even before the foundation of the world, even before the beginning of the world. Of course, we are even not there, right? Where I was born in 1976. Before 1976, I was not there. However, God already knew me. God chose me. Likewise, if you are believers, if you are born-again Christians, you are not there when the foundation of the world uh, was, but God already knew you, God chose you, according to that verse. And also, John chapter 15, verse 16 says, it's not that you chose me, I chose you first. So Jesus chose us first. And uh, um, John, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 30 also says, he who predestined, he called, and who justified. So it is God, by God's grace, by God's sovereignty, He chooses us first. Even first, first John chapter 4, it's not that you love us. God loves us first so that we love Him. So this is very important that it's not we chose God first, but it is God chose us first. It is God who called us first. So it is by God's grace. 
He chose us. But does that mean that we can just, you know, live um, without any free will? Well, it is true that God chose us, but God wants us to choose Him. So that is our response, that God chose us so that we choose Him. So that's the right order. Here, we see that these characteristics of the people of God uh, who are winning, they are the called, they are the chosen, but they are also faithful people that as the chosen people of God, we choose to live holy, we choose to live faithfully, and we choose to, live, we choose to endure until the end because God chose us, God called us, and God uh, called us to be uh, faithful. So how should we live? First of all, we need to identify the enemy, who the enemy is. Because if we do not know who the real enemy is, then we'll be in big trouble. Because uh, we, we might fight the wrong enemies. So we have to be waking up, just like we learned from last week. Uh, be, aw- be aware of the spiritual reality, but also we need to be awakened as well. Awakened through uh, the prayer. So always pray. Uh, be sober-minded. Because the, uh, uh, the enemy is like a roaring lion and he is trying to devour just like in 1 Peter chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 8. Uh, so we need to be awakened to know who the real enemy is because they may not look dangerous. They, look, they will look very fancy, attractive, even holy. So a lot of religious people would be uh, falling into that trap. But we have to see that what their true motivation is. Their motivation is to fight against Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we have to be waking up to see, identify who they are and we need to fight against those enemies. And then the second we need to be strong, standing strong, uh, stand firm in the grace of God because grace of God is calling us, grace of God is choosing us, and grace of God makes us to be faithful. But at the same time, we need to respond by choosing to live according to His will. Uh, we need to uh, live um, in, in, in His holiness, we need to choose to walk with Christ all the way, all the way th- of our lives. Now, somebody, someone ask, ask, might ask a question. If God is the one who chooses everything, then why do we even have to bother ourselves? So if God chose um, someone to believe in Jesus Christ, um, that means, you know, whatever I choose, it doesn't really matter because God is the God is the one who chooses. Or if what if God does not even God did not even choose me, then there's no point of doing good works and there's no point of going to work. I mean, going to church or reading the Bible so I can just live whatever I want to do. Uh, either way, you know, God's choice is always the ultimate. So my, our choice is nothing. And so that we can just do anything. And then God cannot blame on us because he's the one who chooses us. Well, that is not the case. Again, God chooses us. Yes, His choice is first, but God wants us to respond. God wants us to uh, repent. God wants us to choose to repent, choose to believe in Him, choose to follow Him, because God did not create us as a robot. When I was dating with my wife, you know, I began to uh, like her. I began to uh, love spending time with her. So I chose to date with her and I chose to marry her. But later, after I got married, I realized that my father prayed for me for 70 days, and then even before I met my wife, my father uh, saw my wife, and then she, he already knew that my wife would be 
his uh, daughter-in-law and uh, my wife would be my wife. So I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But just because he prayed for me and just because he already knew that uh, she would be my wife doesn't mean that my choice uh, for her uh, means nothing. Yes, my choice is very, very important. I chose to... Um, to marry her and that was my choice but there was a choice even before my choice i think that's a very similar thing yes god chooses god chose us first however god wants us to choose him and our choice to believe in him our choice to follow him our choice is very very significant and that's how it works because when you when you look at uh, the scripture it says um, in john chapter 1 verse 12 as many as those who receive him to them god gave them up uh, the right to become children of god and also in the verse 13 they are not born of the will of the flesh but of god so we see the god's choice and our choice all together of course in the john chapter 3 16 gospel of the world that he gave his only son whoever believes in him believing it is it is the choice that we make that we uh, we decided to believe in christ jesus so daily choice our walk with christ jesus every day will make a choice to live according to his will so our choice is very very important and our choice is the proof of god's choice of us so i think the first uh, second peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 7 and 10 11 uh, portrays that really well so i want us to uh, read that chapter verse together now for this very reason also applying applying all diligence in your faith supply moral excellence and your moral excellence knowledge and in your knowledge self-control and in your self-control perseverance and your perseverance godliness and your godliness brotherly kindness and your brotherly kindness love okay so we see all these actions that we need to uh, convey in our lives and there will that will involve a lot of choices that we need to make every day right therefore brethren be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you okay so we see that his calling his choosing you is already made by God's grace, but by living this characteristic, living this godly attributes in your life, making choice to live uh, according to God's will on a daily basis, you are making sure that you are called by God, you are chosen by God. So important. Okay, and then the, the, the final verse, it says, For as long as you practice these things, okay, you will never stumble. So it talks about the faithfulness as well here. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. So even, it's like, a, yes, you will know, you will be sure that you are on the way to heaven. Of course, our work does not lead us to heaven. God's grace, by God's grace, through faith, we are going to heaven. But it leads to the uh, good works in our life. So the good works is not a requirement, but the good works is the result and a proof of our salvation, proof of God's 
choose a God's choice of us. So this is all connected together that eventually the people who are winning against all the uh, enemy are the ones who are with Christ Jesus, who are called, chosen, and who are faithful. And this choice, this God's choice, is proved by our choice in every day to live according to His will. So, brothers and sisters, let's live our life as the called, let's live our life as the chosen people of God, and let's be faithful unto the Lord so that ultimately we will truly join Jesus' victory, ultimate victory, and we will enjoy this wonderful celebration of victory forever in His kingdom. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, we praise you for this wonderful message that uh, the winning side is already decided that you are the winner, ultimate winner. But Father, sometimes we feel like we're defeated uh, because of all the evil forces around are so strong. But Father, uh, we will dedicate, dedicate our lives not to worry about that because we will just trust in you. But also at the same time, we want to live as the called, chosen, and faithful people of God. So Father, please lead us and guide us to be uh, to live that way and also we will uh, make the choice every day um, as the people of God because you chose us you called us father I pray uh, if there are anybody who are who are non-believers I pray that uh, they will not worry about what if they are not chosen but I pray that they will be seeking after you I pray that you would uh, come into their lives and uh, father please save them as well I pray that their hearts would be open so that they will understand the true meaning of the gospel of Christ Jesus, that Jesus is the only Savior, that He is the only one who uh, came down to the world to die for our sins, atone for our sins, and who rose from the dead to uh, give us eternal life. So, Father, I pray that this gospel message would be realized in their hearts and minds so that they will come to know You, and then they will live as the chosen people of God as well. Father, we thank You, we praise You. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.